Anyone with a set of ears would have heard me bang on about my adopted greyhound, Ember. I got her about 18 months ago at the age of nine, and she changed my life for the better. Well, it's National Pet Adoption Month this month, and in recent years, one in five Aussie families have added a furry friend to their family, but there are plenty more animals in desperate need of a home. To tell us more about it is Dr. Kate Mournment, who's the National Pet Adoption Month Ambassador and an Animal Behaviourist. Hello, Dr. Kate. Hello, Emily. Doc, I, I adopted. I didn't shop. Uh, are we getting better at doing this or are we, do we still have desperate need for animals who need homes? Look, I think there's a lot more awareness out there about adoption and the, in the importance of adoption. But um, given what's happened in the last couple of years and, you know, there's some issues around increased living of uh, increased cost of living, natural disasters, um, housing affordability, all these sorts of factors are contributing to an increase in the number of animals needing adoption. So we're really pushing for people to consider adopt to consider adopting a dog or a cat. In your experience, why might someone hesitate about adoption? Are they worried about behavioural issues or those sorts of things if they if they take on an animal that's that's had a previous home or or perhaps a difficult uh, start to life? Yeah, look, I think they are valid concerns that people might have. Um, And my research certainly um, found that uh, about 30% of people believe that rescue animals may have behaviour problems, but it's not always the case. A lot of rescue animals have lived in really loving homes. Um, They may have already been trained and socialised, so it's not always the case that they will have issues. But but some of them may have had um, experiences in their life that, you know, need a bit of understanding from us. Uh, Kate, when I watch uh, the adoption television shows, because there's been a lot of them have uh, have been going to air in, in recent years, uh, I've, I, you see people who um, seem to be concerned that the, the dog in particular won't bond with them right away. I remember when I adopted, it took about 24 hours for my greyhound to, to show me some interest and affection. So if someone is going to a shelter to adopt an animal, what sort of things should they keep in mind about that first interaction? What sort of signs should they be looking for to see if this could perhaps be a good match? Uh, it's such a good point, isn't it? Because I love watching those shows and I see the exact same thing happen. People go in with the expectation that there's going to be an immediate bond, but it's not always going to happen straight away. Um, sometimes it does, but sometimes that animal may need a little bit of extra time. Um, you know, it's the animal shelter environment is new. It can be really stressful. And so an animal's not always going to be as as it would be, you know, its normal self um, in that first meeting. So I think it's important to understand that some pets might need just a little bit of extra time to settle in and maybe not to expect, you know, like fireworks going off that first time that you meet that new pet. What are some things you can do when you adopt an animal to help them settle into their new environment? What are perhaps your top three things to do in that first 24 or 48 hours? Mm, Yeah, so I think it's really important to take things slowly. So don't try to take your pet out to meet all your family and friends the first day that you bring them home. Really spend some time with them, let them um, settle in, let them get used used to their new environment. Um, You know, show them all the rooms of the house, take them out to the backyard, maybe take them for a short little walk if they're um, coping quite well on that first day. Um, But I would also uh, encourage people to just work on um, reinforcing desired behaviour. So if that animal knows how to sit or drop, um, 
use reward-based training to reinforce those um, really good behaviours. Uh, and I guess just taking time. So try not to have too many ex- expectations of what it's going to be like in those first few days because it does take animals a number of weeks to really settle in and and show their true personality in their new home. Doc, I work in property when I'm not hanging out here and uh, and I know that a lot of people are, are living in apartments. That's that's all we can afford, some of us, rather than a house. Uh, how how do you know if a if a particular dog would would suit would suit an apartment? What sort of things do you need to consider? Because I know that there are people who'd like to adopt, but they think maybe a dog wouldn't thrive in an apartment environment. But is that always the case? No, it's not always the case. So lots of dogs will do really well with apartment living. I guess the main things are to consider the individual dog's personality um, and temperament. So uh, some dogs, even a breed that you might not consider for apartment living, will do well in that environment. Um, given their individual uh, personality traits. Um, you want to really think about the, the dog that you would like to bring into that environment. Can you meet their mental and physical needs? So, you know, generally working dogs are not great for apartment living because they have such high needs for um, mental and physical stimulation. But, you know, greyhounds, a lot of greyhounds do really well in um, apart- with apartment living. Older dogs can do really well with apartment living smaller dogs, as long as you're able to get them out and meet their um, behavioural and physical needs, um, there's no reason why you couldn't have a dog in an apartment. What sort of uh, animals do you have, Kate? (laughs) So we have a a rescue dog called Lenny. He's a border collie uh, and he's about five years old. We adopted him when he was around six months old. What do you remember of of getting him and, and his personality at that age versus now? Mm, it's uh, really interesting. So I would never have recommended someone in my position. I had uh, two toddlers at the time, <laughs> a Dr. Border Collie, <laughs> uh, but I knew what I was getting myself in for. I visited him several times with my children, with um, our other dog, with my husband, uh, and we ended up fostering him for a period of time and he just kept ticking all the boxes. So we took things really, really slowly um, at the start, he was, you know, he's a border collie. He was very energetic. He um, was quite um, interested in the movements of my children and the sounds that they made. But over time, he settled in really, really well. And he's an incredible companion. We love him to bits. I would be nervous about fostering because I don't think I could hand them over to someone else. Does that happen well, a lot? <laughs> Yeah, it does. So it's called foster fail <laughs> when, you, when you foster a dog or a cat and then you end up adopting them. It does happen a lot. And I think it's because, um, you know, the animal settles in so well and, and the foster carers can't imagine life without them. So that's why that happens. I'm not surprised. Oh, I'm beautiful. It's very easy to fall in love with them. Now, it's National Pet Adoption Month and throughout March, would-be pet owners, you're encouraged to visit your local pet stock store uh, and engage with their local rescue group, uh, which is Petspiration Foundation, and visit petstock.com.au to learn more about the pet adoption and fostering process and see if either of those is right for you. Dr. Kate Mornman, thanks so much. Thanks so much, Emily.